It's okay, movie. Right. I'll let you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Portress, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. It's weird that you just started talking over the dudes verse. Yeah, forget that guy. It's that, that's that, that quintessentials 90s where it's just like, I'm going to talk through this little thing. And you're just like, yeah. all right, guy, you just shut I'm up and just, and just let this let this lovely British woman sing. <laughs> Do all her crap. That's, that's just all this 90s kind of shit that you would see on the... Uh, I loved all the commercials. You remember the commercials when they yeah. kind of brought this shit back? It was great because yeah. you could... All the 90s house music? Yes, it all had the same beat every fucking song. Yeah, it's easy to do DJ mixes. It's so it's so great because it's just it's the same fucking beat. It's just like, that's all they did. That's all they did. They didn't give a damn. It was great, though. Uh, but yes, we are back, and we are running away with Blade Runner 2049 this week. Ah, you see what I did there? It's thematic is what we call that. Hmm? Ah, not too shabby. That's Themes. That's for literary jerks and suckers. <laughs> Sucker party of one. My table is now ready. Uh, we'll be covering Blade Runner 2049 this week, as well as uh, The Mountain Between Us. Uh, the new one with Idris. It's a big one. It's, yeah. <laughs> is that what it's, it's is a, that the it's subtitle? It's a big mountain. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one between <laughs> us. That should be on the poster. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> And if you've seen the movie, you know that that could be funny in a couple ways. Uh, anywho, we are back, everybody. And uh, we do want to thank uh, you for listening, man. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for uh, uh, subscribing. We have, a, I didn't bring it up because I just, I just now thought about it. We do have an iTunes review, a new one, I believe. Uh-oh. I believe. Let me, uh, let me pull that up. Why don't you vamp and tell a good campfire story? A good one. Well, see, kids, there was this claw monster. I mean, a guy with a claw. And uh, he was killing kids one summer camp and uh, (laughs) something about a van. They drove away and the claw was on the door or a hook or whatever. It's not important. The point is uh, (laughs) child murder. Uh, And Jennifer Love Hewitt in the rain with that shirt, boy. If if you don't think the 90s was great, why don't you go fuck right off? (laughs) You know, I recently rewatched those movies, and uh, they're shit. They're not great. They're terrible. I I think I maybe talked about them on an an episode uh, before, but like even since that time I talked about them, I've rewatched the uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer movies there's also a third one in which none of them are in really Mm. and um they're all shit they have the worst soundtrack too it's like they couldn't get any of the good 90s music scream had all that shit 
Damn. locked up. So like, I know what you did last summer, uh, urban legend, all that. They had to like take the dregs, man. And they did. They took real shit. Nineties music. They were just like, uh, they were, they were like, they were desperate though, man. They were like, Hey, Kevin Williamson, what do you have in the uh, desk drawer there? Anything we can pull out and, you know, just polish a turd up there and see what we can do with it. And he's like, I don't know. Um, here's a, here's, what do you think of this premise? It's genius. Let's just do it. Well, we can just slap your name on it and be from the people who brought you scream. Oh, scream. Sweet. That was a great movie. Let's go see. Oh, well, he, I guess that's a thing. He, he didn't do that one. He, he did didn't the do the faculty, that which was good. Oh, the faculty was. He good. did do the first. I know what you did last summer, not the sequel. Okay, sorry. there you go. Well, I know he. I, that was he did do that one. Okay, but the but I think those screenplays were uh, kind of a ride around the same time. Um, you know which one is underrated of Kevin Williamson's films? It's not Curse. Fuck that movie. Uh, Curse was not uh, that great. Now, the one that he directed with uh, Katie Holmes, teaching Mrs. Tingle. I. You remember I, that one? Yeah, that's like 2000, right? It's got Yeah, it's got Helen Mirren in it. It's fucking good. Yeah, it's okay. A comedy. Okay, let me let me give you let me give you some lowdown. Check this out. Now, nobody knows. Not a few very few people know this. I don't think anybody listening to this show fucking knows, and I don't even think you know. Uh so when I was in high school, uh we started Probably start, not. We started a uh a, well, we uh, the the school did a broadcast journalism class, right? And uh-huh. so uh, the students would go through, and so it was a local um, fucking uh, public access channel that the students got access to, right? And so it was all, everything that was on that channel was made by students. The students would go through, you'd yep. write your own scripts, produce your own show, and usually uh, that student would star in that show as well. And they get other people to do right. the cameras and directing and all that shit. I mean, it's a real, a real fucking thing. And uh, so I came up with a movie review show. I know that sounds like, you know, way out of my wheelhouse and everything. No. <laughs> but Adam said, I want to review movies. <laughs> uh, so I got a, so I, one of the movies, uh, well, so we, we hooked up with Energy Video. You know Energy Video. Uh, I R.I.P. do indeed. R.I.P. Um, we, we got hooked up with them, and so we could go and get all these free rentals and shit, right? And then I could go, and uh-huh. then we review the movies. Well, the thing was, the guy I was reviewing with, uh, you know, Chris, he he liked he liked movies a whole bunch. Uh, he was the only other guy I knew at that time that had a Blu-ray player. Uh, as long me and him, we kind of like commiserated over that, and it was cool. But uh, Chris did a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. Uh, once so much so, and this he'd like this story these days because he's I think he's cleaned up pretty well now. But he actually uh, he gave blood at school one day. And then drank a whole bunch, and then uh, went to go use the bathroom, and then uh, mid piss uh, passed out. Then a uh, then an assistant principal lady found him and uh, had to pull his pants up and zip him in there. So like I'm saying, the kid did a lot of drugs and stuff. He drank and did a lot of stuff. Uh, so he would never show up. But teaching Miss Tingle was one of the movies that we ended up reviewing because it was you know it was a newish sort of release to. Uh, uh, I, I think it was DVD at the time. Maybe it's still VHS, but, uh, yeah. Teaching Miss Tingle. One of the, one of the, we did like that and like Bone Collector. Uh, we talked some other things, but I would go through and do stuff and he just would not be able to keep up with me and goes, Hey, here's, here's something that's, uh, you know, in movie legend, that's not really true though. Uh, uh-huh. just like, Oh, you know, 
like we did like a uh, a he review. Just do it. Well, no, well he would just he'd come up with stuff where it's just like, okay, you, did you did you not watch the fucking movie? Because he goes, well, the old uh, thing in uh, Casablanca, the play it again, Sam. I'm like, yeah, that's not in, actually in the movie. He never says no. that line. That is not a line that's in the movie that gets you know misrepresented all the time. And yeah. it was just like I felt like. Did, did you fucking watch the movie again, man? Because like at that point, I'd seen it probably four or five times. So I'm lost. Like, you clearly did, just didn't watch it for this review. Thanks. Fucking hard ass, man. Uh, you know, so it was fun. Uh, we didn't do a whole lot of those shows because uh, he just had in school suspension a whole bunch, and it was uh it was it was a fun time. But the best part is though, this will this will tell you for you young kids out there, this will work. Um, he missed so many days of school that he couldn't make them all up, right? Yeah, just you literally right. couldn't make any of the makeup classes. You you just couldn't do it. So what he did, uh, like here's how the story goes. He goes, so doctor, so I'm not gonna say the principal's name. But so he brought me into the uh, into the principal's office there, and he goes, close the door. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where is this going? And he goes, uh, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna give me four hundred dollars, and you're gonna be good to go. <laughs> So he excused all the absences and everything in exchange. Who knows what he did with the money or how it all worked, but he gave him $400. He walked on graduation with us. So <laughs> the power nice. of money, kids, the power of money. So whenever you have a school teacher just goes, look, man, you're going to fail. There's nothing we could do about this. You want to go, hey, man, <laughs> can, I uh, 400 bucks? <laughs> can I give you 400 bucks? Just just find it. Look, every, everybody's got a number. Everybody's got a number that they'll crumble under. Oh, and I've also found that this works too in my in my uh, in my older years. Um, getting on your knees in front front of someone and begging, you know, everybody uh -huh. thinks like, "Oh, that won't work." It's the most if somebody does it to you, it's the most uncomfortable thing ever because it's just like you don't want to feel like you're subjugating someone. So they'll just go, "Look, I'll do whatever you want. Just stand up. Just, just stop it." Especially if they're in front of other people, they're like, "Just stand up. Just no, stop it. I don't know. This looks terrible. Just fucking just yeah, whatever you want to do, do that." So that also helps. Be a subservient bitch, and then you can kind of, you know, make your way around anything. So this is the film fine, and this has been Adam's story time hour. <laughs> well, uh, so hopefully that what was you, enough time for you to dig up that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, so this one comes from superhero fan Chad. It's entitled, This Really Is the Greatest Movie Podcast. Five stars. This podcast provides an amazing amount of heart, humor, knowledge, and just all out fun these guys know their stuff on all things film and have yet to lead me astray if you are more than an average moviegoer who is satisfied by things like transformers and jason Bourne and wants to know good things that are out there both on the big and small screen these guys have all the best stuff so is this the greatest movie podcast ever yes yes it is thank you chad for that five star review we Thanks, really chad. appreciate it man and uh we'd appreciate anyone else out there they went and dropped us a five-star review, and uh, it just kind of helps keep things going, man. We're starting to see numbers starting to creep back up in the positive position and everything, uh, so that's good with this show. And we like to see uh, people go on down to uh, patreon.com slash thefilmfind and uh, do it. And we, we said it the last time, so we want to do it this time. Uh, we have someone who upped their uh, support, Matt. Our good, good friend Maria yes. has upgraded her support, so we have to go... Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Keep, keep going. I, I hope there's that more, was good and there, creepy. There's more echo. Keep going. Oh, there's more echo? Enjoy hockey season. <laughs> <laughs> Your Minnesota Wild Stars. Wait a minute. That's not where she lives. <laughs> 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Maria, thank you for jumping up to the uh, super executive producer uh, ship there and everything. Uh, if you want us to shout out anything on the show, feel free and uh, we will definitely do that for you. That is it for that little segment here, Matt. Let's jump into it. What you been watching? All right. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll I go. I can go first. Uh, okay, go ahead, brother. I haven't seen a whole, whole bunch this week. Been kind of busy with other things. Maybe uh, that will pan out, and I'll tell you why in the future. Who's to say? Uh, but I did catch up on the new HBO documentary simply titled Spielberg. This is uh, directed by uh, Susan Lacey. Uh, it's all about the history of Steven Spielberg, just kind of where he came from and everything. This movie, uh, this documentary got a, like, a lot of kind of... Um, I don't want to say hate. I don't know if hate's the right word, but it, it got a lot of like, well, they really didn't touch on, uh, uh, you know, uh, cornerstones of all of his blah, blah, blah. And I, I, you know, I saw that before I saw the movie and then I watched it and I just go, well, they couldn't get into every single thing, obviously, but I mean, it's a two and a half hour long movie. I felt it was pretty well covered. Is it a little fluffy? Sure. But that's kind of also what it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be just yeah, kind of well, like, Hey, the, look at this the guy. The criticisms I heard. The biggest criticisms I heard, and I haven't seen it yet, but but that I was seeing, were that it couldn't decide if it wanted to be thematic or chronological. That's true. And and uh, that because of that, um, it tended to get into a lot of the same material that's been covered in a lot of other Spielberg docs. Right, and there's stuff that's taken from other documentaries and other behind-the-scenes sure. footage that we've all kind of seen before. Uh, but but some newer type stuff, uh, but it's really good. And honestly, for me, it was just a great kind of look back and just just to remind you how damn good that guy really is. I mean, and I, I make no bones about it. Steven Spielberg's my favorite director of all time. Uh, do I think he's the best director of all time? Probably not. But, you know, when it comes down to just what I like as far as the you know cinematic experience goes, that guy does it for me. So... Um, I, I'm a big fan and just to kind of see just a, like a, a nice greatest hits album, if you will, of going through and like, look at all the varied stuff that he's done. And, you know, it's, it's taking, uh, you know, kind of big blockbustery type movies and putting some more feel in it and being one of the people that, uh, now granted it's, as we've said many a time on this show, uh, acting with children has gotten so much better over in the past couple years. Uh, but I don't think that we would have as good a child actors today that if it weren't for people like Steven Spielberg, you know, being able to actually get proper performances out of kids that weren't just kids smiling into a camera saying their lines, you know, just parroted back to the camera, you know? Yeah. Uh, so well, I and think if it weren't for people like George Lucas, we'd have uh, really good kid actors, but yeah. he never could pull it off. Y you think he would have followed some of uh, Stephen's uh, footprints there, but he's just like, no, I'm going to go my own direction here and fuck it all up. I have a, I have one question about the doc okay. that will determine not if I see it, but uh, how soon I see it. All right. Um, do they go into yet again how the shark didn't work? Very momentarily. Just bear. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say they spent more than 45 seconds on it. Okay. It's, it's quick. All right. All right. I'm willing. I'm just saying that's every fucking doc's entire purpose most of the time. No, you're, and you're not wrong. But uh, and at some point, you do kind of want to go. I think we've all heard this story at this point. But, I mean, there's always somebody that kind of has, and I'm sure. But 
it's it's not it's not dwelled upon nearly as much as it has in other things as as I'm sure you're aware. Well, well, right on. So uh, I would I would definitely recommend that it's on HBO right now. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a two and a half hour thing. So sit back and uh, enjoy. A lot of a lot of great got, got a lot of great stuff from other people too. I mean, but it, I thought you're right with the with the way that it goes back and forth. Uh, it, it is weird because I was just like, oh wow, they're skipping over all like the early stuff and and everything, and then they go back to it, and then they're like, oh well, here's some of his stuff from TV. Here's when he did Duel. I thought we were going to skip all that stuff, but we go back to it. So while you might think that you're going off in a particular direction, it does kind of weave back and forth a whole bunch. So you know, it is what it is. But I enjoyed right. it. I enjoyed it for the most part. What do you got for us? Well. Uh- uh, that was it. Just yep. your Spielberg doc. That, that's all I got for all right. right now. Well, I got a, I got a couple of things, uh, Adam. I, I sent them to. You'll be getting them out soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks, and then you and I are doing some stuff as well, is uh, putting some special stuff out on for our uh, Patreon subscribers. Indeed, we are. Um, so I've got a few. Uh, no, well, the internet doesn't want him to do it. It roboted him out, everybody. Uh, right, just start again. Oh no! There you go. You're, uh, you're fine now. From what point? Uh, uh, just start. So, so I'll be doing. <laughs> so I'll be doing some five minute episodes. That's right. The return of the film Find Five Ooh. is imminent. Um, basically, uh, what I'm going to be doing uh, on those little ones that I do by myself is uh, kind of pitch you on like some of the background information of some horror movies that, that I like and you should watch and why I like them. Um, and, uh, some of them will be shaky. I haven't done a podcast by myself, uh, for a while. So the first few will be a little iffy, I'm sure. Uh, but w- whatever the fuck, uh, no, no shakier really than I am right now. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not knowing I'm gonna, what the hell I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so those will first be coming to, to patrons and then they'll be released into the feed, uh, later in each week, uh, or closer to Halloween. We haven't quite decided exactly when those will make it into the main feed, but Adam will set all of that up. Uh, so if you'd like to get some of that stuff, plus our extra episodes that we'll be doing over the next few weeks, um, you can go to patreon.com slash the film find and, uh, help contribute to the making of this show. And for those of you who already do that. Uh, I look forward to you hearing me ramble about some shit you've probably seen. Um, rambling now, man. what have I been? What's that? He's a rambling man. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, what have I actually been watching? Uh, I got two things. One is a classic film uh, that I don't know how well it's known now, but in its day was a, a highly influential heist film. And it's really um, been a huge influence on a number of Hollywood movies since uh, the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Basil Dearden uh, directing The League of Gentlemen in 1960. You ever seen this, Adam? I do With uh, Nigel Patrick and Jack Hawkins? Not to my Basically... Well, it's pretty badass. It's uh, if if you're looking for it anywhere online, it is on, available on Filmstruck. If you want to use your uh, free 14 day trial for that, um, I recently became a member. It's awesome. Um, Not paid by Filmstruck. Basically, <laughs> I am a Turner employee now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but in any case, I've colorized the, the, the moon. <laughs> 
the League of Gentlemen is really badass. Uh, what it is is that um, Jack Hawkins plays a a British uh, a former colonel um, in the British uh, army who gathers a bunch of his old troops to rob a bank. And in order to rob this bank, they have to infiltrate a military base, basically. And it's really, really good. It's it's a cracker of a heist film. It's just under two hours. It is well worth your time. If you're interested in the history of the, that genre, that particular type of crime film, um, it really is great. It's got amazing cinematography. Uh, Basil Dearden is one of my favorite British directors. He he was known in the 60s for kind of his uh, what what the British call kitchen sink dramas, right? The big uh, homebound uh, melodramas that British cinema was known for at the period. But this one is kind of off of that. Uh, he also made one the year prior, I believe, in 1959. It might have been 58. Uh, called Sapphire mm-hmm. that is a, a, a detective film that I've talked about before, but I feel like it was probably a long time ago um, where it's this really amazing murder mystery. As you follow these two London police officers uh, trying to figure out who murdered this girl that's dead at the beginning of the movie. And what it turns into is like this amazing exploration of 1960s, uh, 1950s and sixties London, um, uh, race relations because it turns out that the girl was murdered because dun 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 she's half black and was passing as white so uh anyway league of gentlemen is really amazing you can find it elsewhere online i'm sure i just know where i saw it um i also have the dvd but for some reason i just popped that on earlier when i uh, signed on and it was good it's str- it, the streaming service was good to me you're like uh, my dad who I will watch like well. you're like my dad who will watch like TNT and like of like you 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 own this movie. Just walk four feet <laughs> over there and pick it up and shove it into the player, get it in high definition with no commercial. To, what the hell's wrong with you? To be to be fair, I was at work and had my laptop. All right, fair enough. Um I was not at home with my DVD. <laughs> but I I yell uh, at him okay. all the time for that. So I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's over there. Oh, There's no commercials. It's not I edited. Know. Uh, the other thing that I watched is uh, is out on Netflix currently. Uh, it's part of their deal with whoever that distributor is, uh, where they get things kind of the same day as DVD. But it's the seventh film in the Child's Play franchise. Oh, Curse, I uh, saw Cult of Chucky. I saw the Cult. little thing, but I didn't. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why I didn't click it. But be, well, maybe because they've been a mixed bag of stuff. What, what do this you think? This one is one of the best. Really? It, yeah, it gets crazy good. Um, starts out a little slow, but uh, did, did you watch Curse of Chucky, the last one that came out? Mm, if I did, I don't remember. Where, uh, where, where like, the so the, the woman in the wheelchair, Nika Pierce, or like, her family, her mom or whoever gets murdered at the beginning, and then no, she's, like, trapped in the wheelchair. Anyway, uh, that one was okay. This one's really good. Uh, at the end of the last one, there was a stinger where, um, where Alex Vincent, who has played Andy Barclay in every single one of the child's play movies in which that character has appeared since he was five years old. I need a paycheck because nobody else is hiring me for shit. Hey hey man, this guy, this guy gets, uh, gets some work, but, um, but in any case, he, uh, 
he's back, and this movie um, sees uh, la- the last film's protagonist, Nika, now locked away in an asylum for having murdered her family. Um, <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> except she didn't. It was Chucky, right? Uh, Andy, who la- at the end of the last movie um, was attacked by the doll, but shot it, and that's the last thing. We find out that he's actually been keeping the head of the doll alive and torturing it every night (laughs) in his closet. Uh, But then things start going weird at the asylum. Chucky shows up, like the real Chucky, not the one that Andy has locked in his room. Like, what's his face? It's not the the guy. Charles whatever as fuck? no, 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 no. But another, another, um, uh, what the fuck is it? A nice guy doll, right? Okay. Uh, turns out that they, he, that, <laughs> that Chucky, okay, along with Tiffany, right? Miss mm-hmm. Jennifer Tilly returning <laughs> to the series again. Jennifer Tilly also need to make a house payment. <laughs> they, they have started a Chucky cult. And he has learned a spell with which he can possess other things and other dolls. And so they all kind of have different aspects of this psychopathic personality. And Brad Dourif voices uh, fucking all of them Mm -hmm. and uh, does different, slightly different voices for all of them. And it's really fun. Hmm. And it and it actually has like some of the goriest kills in any of the child's play movies. It it gets really intense and insane. That first um, one fucked me up when I was like a kid, man. <laughs> oh yeah, same, same. Uh, no, this one is really good. It's a lot of fun. It's just self aware enough to where like it's funny, um, but it also plays it kind of straight, which is uh, also what the last film did and a break from the last two, right? The Bride of and Seed of Chucky films. Yeah. Uh, the last two, Curse of and Cult of, have been played more or less straight, but there's also some humor in there, mostly referencing horror movie history or like just how horror movie tropes play out and things like that. Um, this one's good. I'm going to give it my stamp of approval and say like uh, – you guys should check out uh, Cult of Chucky. It's streaming on Netflix. It's also on Blu-ray or uh, DVD if, if that's what you need to deal with. Um, it's good. A lot of fun. And Fiona, uh, I didn't make the dot. I didn't connect the dots last time because I didn't pay much attention to it. But uh, uh, Fiona Duruff plays Nika Pierce. So like one of the main characters is actually Brad Duruff's daughter, huh. who's now like a main character in the franchise. Well, there you go. It's all in the family. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, both of those, those last two, those are both on Netflix right now for you guys if you want to check those out. Yeah, Curse of and Cult of are both on there. Uh, I believe the first three have completely separate rights. And for whatever reason, they're rarely streaming. Every once in a while, they'll show up on like HBO or Cinemax or something. Paramount? Uh, Universal, I think, but I but I think something's think weird with the first threes the, no, uh, rights, the, at least as far as online streaming and uh, like secondary markets is concerned. I think technically the fir- I think it's just the first one. I think the first one technically is a different company, and then come the sequels, like they like two and three, 
they started off as something else because those are the ones that like as far as like Blu-rays and stuff, those are the ones that you would always go like, hey, here's like two, three, and four. And it's like, okay, what about the first one? Can we get the first one? Now, they've kind of done some deals more recently where you can get them all in there. So, you know, people, studios have collabed up or whatever. Uh, but for the longest time, I think it's just the first one, but I, you know, it's fucking rights and shit, man. So, so the, so the first one is MGM United artists. Okay. And that's why the rights are fucked up on all of these. Right. So like after that, I believe they're all universal. Let me double check. Child's play Two definitely is. Yeah. So, so the first one is MGM. So you'll probably see that one everywhere more than anything else. Um, that, that's why you can get the cheap Blu-rays of it. (laughs) and uh and uh every yeah so anyway these most recent two are on netflix though that's the entirety of this point right and uh and i think they're worth checking out uh, especially because the storylines really do tie into the first three so if you hated for whatever reason i i enjoyed bride of chucky i thought it was fucking hilarious um seed of chucky whatever um, but if, if you hated those two films, like these two really play into those first threes, uh, like continuity really well. All right. I'll, 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 I'll see if I can watch them this week. All right. I, I uh, and, and so that's what, that's what I have been watching, Adam. Very good. Well, that's interesting. I do want to do this cause I'd, we'd forgotten to do this earlier and I, cause I'd forgotten we'd done it. Let's open the mailbag here real quick. Oh yeah. Bale's here. Uh, this is from our good friend Micra. It says it's entitled New Movie Release. Better Watch Out is a new holiday horror film. Really, really good. I hope that both of you have a chance to see it and discuss it on the show. Better Watch Out. You heard of this? No, but I'm going to look it up right now. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, I know that's a different movie. <laughs> so, so is this the one that's in theaters on demand? October 6th? Probably. Yeah, that sounds about right from the time that, yeah. You probably sent this a couple days after that, so. Okay. Well, I'll I'll check it out. We Looks, shall see. Uh, does, he, does he give any details about it in there? There are a few things called Better Watch Out. One from last year, one from this year. Just hey, want to make sure. Hey, this just, is a Christmas horror movie? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would think so. Is it? Yeah. Better Watch Out is new holiday horror film. Really good. Really good fun, he says. Really fun, really good. Okay, well, then that sounds great. We shall take a look at that, sir. And uh, close up the yeah. mailbag. Oh, holy shit. Looks like looks like Virginia Madsen, Patrick Warburton in there. Done. Oh. I'm in. I'll watch it. <laughs> close up the old mailbag. Give me, give me that. Fails <laughs> here. And, of course, if you would like to email us, email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and get on into it. Here is our the trailer for The Mountain Between Us. I have an emergency surgery to perform in Baltimore. I'll fly wherever I have to tonight to get there for tomorrow morning. Can you help me? Sir, I think we may have the same problem. I have an idea. So what's the rush? I'm getting married tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. No, no, it's, it's we're not. We just met. So what took you to Idaho? Medical conference. Are you a journalist? Mm-hmm. Have it explain the questions.
me one. Hello. Can you look at me? You really hurt your leg. The phone's smashed. My phone has no signal, and we're pretty high up on the mountain. If we stay here, we're safe. If we leave search and rescue, they're less likely to find us. Look, I don't want to die up here because you're too scared to take a risk. Someone's looking for us. The pilot didn't file a flight plan. Nobody knows where we are. We're all we've got, me and you. We can go three weeks without food, three days without water, and three hours without shelter. We might die together. That was the trailer for The Mountain Between Us, our first new release review of the week. Here's the IMDb plotline. Stranded after a tragic plane crash, two passengers must forge a connection to survive the extreme elements of a remote snow-covered mountain. When they realize help is not coming, they embark on a perilous journey across the wilderness. This is starring Idris Elba, Kate Winslet, Bo Bridges, directed by Hany Abu Assad. Um... I do want to say this. This movie, uh, it came in second place this weekend. Uh, it only made around ten mil, little about ten and a half million dollars. And now I'm not even going to talk about what I'm going to say now is not even in qual is not qualifying th- this movie. I'm not talking about the quality of the movie yet. Okay, but uh-huh. this this is what's wrong with Hollywood right now. This movie cost thirty five million dollars. Matt, why in the hell does this movie cost thirty five million dollars? Probably location. I mean, it's, right? They got to shoot on location. Like it's it still should. I mean, there's there's two actors throughout. We'll say eighty. Well, no, probably seventy percent of it. Would you say roundabouts? Yeah, yeah but you got to think uh, if uh, if if Kate Winslet and Idris Elba both garner like five to seven million bucks for a movie this uh, budget probably took as long to shoot as this, one, which probably wasn't that long. Um, you know, that's a hefty chunk of your budget. Yeah. I just, a lot of it's actors, director and above the line, man. Plus to shoot on location, it's expensive. And, but here, you got to shoot outside. Yeah. You got to shoot in snow. I mean, they're really out there. It's not like they're on a studio set. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, I, I just don't think this thing is going to make much money at all. I mean, not that it's a bad movie because let's get into it. I don't think this is a bad movie. I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I don't think it's bad either, but I also don't know that it's good. Uh, it, um, I think it's it has a bit of an identity crisis, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's probably inherent in the source material. It's based on a novel, um, but yeah, I just couldn't really get get the, get a sense of the trailer that you just played. Right, plays like uh, an adventure movie, right? Right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, there, it's there's like a little bit of their like relationship stuff in there, but it plays pretty much like an adventure movie. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's how. It's so going. on Twitter, there is a completely different ad campaign for this movie, hmm. and and the way that they're doing it on Twitter is pitching it as a date movie, a romantic film, um, that sort of thing, which is in there, 
but uh, it's not ex- that's not exactly the film you get either. In, fa- in fact, on Twitter, there's <laughs> one of the things I saw in the past few days is uh, they've been sending around this picture uh, where people can uh, it's it's a picture of uh, Idris Elba and Kate Winslet standing together uh, in the snow. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just says, I'm with Idris. Right. So so like it's pitching like, oh, I'm I, the woman uh-huh. am with Idris. And and the <laughs> Kate Winslet's uh, body does not have a face. There's just a your picture here sign. <laughs> So wow, that it's like, that's... so people can take that image and, and put their own face on it and be like, like, oh yeah, I survived and fell in love with Idris Elba, right? So it's huh. it's pitching the movie in a really weird way to audiences on Twitter. That sounds like, creepy definitely and playing terrible. That female audience, yeah, it's definitely and and quite honestly, that might be the reason this movie did not do as hot at the box office because people couldn't figure out what the hell it was they were going to go see. Hmm. And and here's the thing. By and large, you you would look at the trailer and just kind of go, "All right, well, I, I pretty much have this figured out." And you may and you may not. I didn't quite figure it went. It would end up where it where it did, but it didn't. I don't know and that the, it and felt. That being said, I didn't hate where it went. No, I didn't know? either. I didn't I, hate I, it. I, I kind of liked it, and it, it made a, like it made a little bit of sense. Some of it was just like mm, maybe stretching credulity a tiny bit, but. You know who's to say? Yeah, but it's it's not bad. And here's the thing: you have uh, I don't know from this director. I don't know what he's done before. Do you, uh, let me see if I can pull that Par- up. Paradise Now and Omar. Okay, so two no, really good films. Yeah, and the, like I said, uh, directing wise, this is I mean, it's not it's neither here nor there for the most part. You know, I, I wouldn't. This movie doesn't rely on the director this this movie is all on the strength of these two actors and we have two fantastic actors here and i think ultimately yeah, that's what oh thing. yeah that's what really there sells tech, this thing. there are really three fantastic actors but one of them has a stroke early in the film <laughs> <laughs> oops there goes your plane everybody oh so, sorry bo you're we, going down we just like we're like which one of them bridges brothers is? oh well well i guess the plane's going down early then isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not. You're you're definitely not going to pay the pay the money to get Jeff in your movie and have him killed off in the first act. We can, see. Here's the thing, though, dude. If uh, well, here's the thing. You have to sell the movie on the plane crash, and yeah. But if you had him in there and then you just killed him, that would have been bad badass. But everyone knows that they crashed, so there's nothing you can do there. Yeah. So it's kind of it's um, kind of crap. <laughs> but uh, here. Here's something that I found really interesting about uh, about Bo Bridges. I haven't seen him uh, really on screen in a while, uh, at least not where I can remember. Like you know, like I think the last thing I saw him in was probably that um, uh, Alexander Payne movie, The Descendants, the one with George Clooney. Ah, thoroughly, you know en- thoroughly enjoyed that film. Yes, I I think yeah I think that's the last time I saw Bo Bridges in something that I remember at least, and. Uh, he and and uh, Jeff now have the same country ass accent. Oh, it's not that bad. There, uh, he's not as heavy as Jeff is, but Bo, Bo 
in this one, like, you, you know, Jeff, like when he's, do, I mean, you, it was in the Kingsman, it's been true grit, right? Any, any place he's played like a Westerner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has that kind of jowly mumble oh, thing going on. Uh, Bo, de- Bo definitely had that in this one. And it's not because he was doing a voice. I really think he was just doing his voice. Um, instead of a instead of a character i think it's like a variation on just jeff's normal voice now he's just an alcoholic is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) well i i mean i don't think that he drinks actually i can't remember uh what his uh what his new thing is huh um i don't know you know he's all into buddhism and shit so maybe he does i just don't fucking remember you know sometimes i do peyote in the woods in in any case (laughs) this is the first time i noticed that they both sound the same. Yeah. Um, cause before, before they both got older, I don't think that they sounded the same at all. Really. Um, we're still both anyway. men in our seventies uh, with just barely salt and pepper. <laughs> yes. hey, it's better. It's, right? be, it's better than the straight, like Paul McCartney, Auburn Brown that doesn't exist in nature. <laughs> Fuck that shit. That's stupid. I'm just like, well, come on, dude. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, you know, uh, Bo, uh, Bo and Jeff have pretty decent uh, genes. You know, it's not yeah. like uh, like like Lloyd died in his mid eighties, I think, right? So it's like, you know, they'll be fine. They'll be fucking fine. It's go time. Um, all right, <laughs> I want to see. Ba- I want to see him thing. doing so, those lo- those roles in a couple years. Those those Mandelbaum roles. I want to see him doing that shit. So, Hilarious. So I want to say. I want to say one thing. Uh, if you were not planning on seeing this movie because you saw a dog in the trailer and were afraid that it died, uh, it does not. That That's not a spoiler. That's just a cautionary. Like, it doesn't die. Go yeah. see the movie. The dog lives through all of it. But you do get worried, and I think that's I think, a, I think that's good. I like I like that. I, you know, I just like because well, like, yeah. I mean, there's there's one scene toward the toward the beginning of the second act uh, before they actually leave the plane involve, involving a uh, mountain lion, a cougar, um, <laughs> not not just Kate Winslet. Boom. Um, uh, Still getting you do it done. Get a Kate little Winslet. worried about the dog, right? Oh, dude, I'm sitting what? there. I, I said for Kate Wins, Kate Wins still getting it done, but no, I am. Uh, yeah, that the dog bit. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was just sitting there, just going, "Oh God, please no!" Because the dog is adorable. It's just so that dog is so cute, and you're just like, "No, don't do it." Oh God, don't do it. And they don't, so it's good. Yeah, you're all right. Um. Anyway, so so if that was one thing that was dissuading you from seeing this, I think overall it's it's fine. Uh, it's it's a solid enough, well made movie. It does function as a thriller. It does mostly function as a romantic film, although I think there's just some component that feels a little off about that. Right, uh, it's thread not, a it's like bit. it's not quite there. I mean, you can understand where the movie goes with these characters, and part of you goes, "Yeah, I could, I could see that," and another part just goes, "But would it really though?" Like you're really you're kind of stuck in the middle because part of you can get, just go, "Oh, well, this makes sense. I, I could see how that could and happen." Then, and then there's the third part of you, like at the end when she shows up, when like they get out of it and then it's like, oh yeah, you're right. This would be how she would feel about Idris Elba because her alternative is just Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. And yeah. I like that guy, but I mean, come on. Come on. Let's, let's be, let's be frank here, if, people. If I'm choosing between those two hunks, one hunk is clearly hunkier. Yeah. It's, it's not even close. 
it's uh, not it's not even a contest with apologies <laughs> to Dermot Mulroney. It's not a contest. I think he'd probably I think I think he'd get behind that statement and just go like, look, I know when I'm best. Yeah. I can't I can't hang. I'm sorry. So it is what yeah, it is. Even Dermot Mulroney would go, I'm Dylan McDermott, and I would choose Idris Elba. <laughs> All right, that is it. So uh, two mildish recommendations. You can wait for this on Netflix. <laughs> I don't think you need to rush out. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think it plays well on a big screen, right? It does have good, uh, like, really good cinematography of, of like, the, the expanse. And you get a good sense of their predicament uh, up against nature with a big screen. But I, I don't know that you have to rush out and see it either. I think, yeah. you know, waiting on this one, you'll be just fine. Unless... Unless, of course, you're just like, no, I need to go and see 40-foot uh, Idris Elba have sex with 40-foot uh, Kate Winslet, um, and then, you know, go and do that by Here's all means. Here's the thing, though, and I'll say this, tastefully done. Very tasteful. Oh, yeah, it's not, very, it's not schlocky at all. I'm, looks, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you want something, uh, you know, like, it's a good love scene. If, and, and they're yeah, if, gigantic, if, and they're both really attractive people. It felt earnest. Uh, it was nice. And there's not actually any nudity in it, right? Mm. I, I don't. I don't think you see anything outside of uh, some partial see-through stuff uh, on yeah. both of them. Yeah, that's about it. It's it's nothing nothing egregious. So so it's not even that. It's just like you know, like they're they're attractive people, just and enough, it's kind of hot. Just enough to make you go, oh man, <laughs> we could we use a little bit more. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, movie. Right. I'll let you do it. All right, let's get into it. Here is the trailer for Blade Runner 2049. I thought you might be able to help me with the case. Any idea where I could find him? You police plan on taking me in. I would much prefer that to the alternative. was built off the back of slaves. Replicants are the future, but I can only make so many. I had the luck, and he has the key. I think I found him. That's not possible. If this gets out, we've bought ourselves a war. You're a cop. I had your job once. Things were simpler then. What do you want? I want to ask you some questions. What happened? I covered my tracks. Scrambled the records. We were being hunted. By who? They know you're here. You do not know what pain is yet. You will learn. Bring it to me. This breaks the world. We have to go. I'm coming with you. Where is he? 
the future of the species is finally unearthed. That was a trailer for Blade Runner 2049, our last new release movie of the week. Here's IMDb plotline. A young Blade Runner's discovery of a long-buried secret leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, who's been missing for 30 years, starring Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling, Anna de Armas. Uh, you got Dave Bautista in there, Robin Wright. What's the other gal? Jared Leto. What's the other gal's name that's in this? I forget. Because she looks very different in her in her photos here. Is it Sylvia Hoax? Hoax? Yeah, one? she has a... Hold on, I'm trying to get my computer to pull it up. And I'll, yes. I think that's her. But I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like a... she like in At least in this film, she looks like a young Marsha Gay Harden. A little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit. Yeah, sure. This is directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, written by Hampton Fancher and Michael Green. Uh, Hampton Fancher, uh, I'll say this. Let's start out with this, because he actually wrote the uh, the first Blade Runner. He finally got his boiling pot in there. Do you know the story about this? Go ahead. So with it anyway. Like that's how that's how like the first Blade Runner was supposed to start out. Was like you you came upon like exactly how this movie starts out. That's how Hampton Fancher wrote the first Blade Runner to start out with. Like like it, for some reason I don't know why it was in his like if you watch like the interview. And by the way, if you buy the regular Blade Runner with all the cuts and stuff on it that has the um, I forget the name of the documentary, but it's a super long documentary in there. It's really good. Uh, check that out. Uh, but in there he describes a, a boiling pot. And the way he says, like, like, like something about this fucking boiling pot really gets Hampton Fancher's, you know, rocks off. And it's just funny to, this movie opens up with the scene that he initially wanted in the first Blade Runner. So he finally got his, his, his dream finally came true. <laughs> um, but this, uh, so this was, uh, this thing was long rumored forever in a day. It was always just like, hey man, we're going to do another Blade Runner Ridley Scott was, uh, you know, scheduled to direct uh, for a good long while, as you might uh, imagine, having directed the first Blade Runner. And yeah, I mean, uh, officially, this movie's been on the on the docket for a decade. Unofficially, like thirty years. Yeah, it's always been like, well, what could we do if? Well, how about this? And maybe, bleh. and it's always kind of been up in the air. And uh, here's let's start with this. What 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 are your thoughts on the first Blade Runner? Um, I quite like. Blade Runner. I forget at this point which cut I like the most. Uh, I've I've seen the director's cut the most, I think. Um, Although there are some things I know that are in the theatrical cut that I really like. And I've only seen the final cut once, actually. Um, So I do like it. I like it enough to have seen various cuts of it, I guess. So uh, that should tell you something. yeah, I don't. I don't go batshit over it. I'm not like a huge uh, Blade Runner fan or anything, but I do like it a lot. It's. Uh, I'll say this: it's the director's cut version is the best Ridley Scott movie with a unicorn in it. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of and those I, to and choose I, from. And I don't hate Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and I will say this because a little bit of this kind of came up on the Facebook page and everything. Uh, for those that have not seen the original Blade Runner, I do suggest starting with the theatrical version. I think if you start with other versions, it may, it may turn you off 
because the theatrical version, it's it's a little bit more laid out. It's a little bit more traditional. You do have the voiceover, which sometimes works, sometimes does not work. Uh, but it leaves you with it's a definitely lot. Definitely one of the more uh, traditionally noirish elements, of, right? Of that cut, uh, and it's not bad. I think in order to, and then from there go on, right? Because I think the people that yeah. just go that that suggest other cuts are really saying, "Here's what my favorite cut is." But that may that probably may that may not be the case had that been the only cut that you saw or the first cut that you saw or something like that, you know. I think you. I think a lot of people base it right. on the other stuff that they'd seen previously. So I say start with the one that's you know most easily accessible to the majority of people, because those other movies, much like this movie, are uh, they're long. Number one, uh, number two, there are long stretches of silence, and especially if you're at home, you could easily fall asleep. I mean, and it's not not for nothing. But, you know, if you don't have that giant screen in front of you, you don't have the amazing sound, you know, you know, enveloping you and everything, you might fall off. So just a fair warning to those out there. Start with the start with the um, theatrical cut, I say. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, look, that, <laughs> none of those cuts are as long as this fucking movie. No. Is this none like, of them? Was it 250? Was it 244? Oof. And and I think the director's cut, which I think is longer than the final cut, if memory serves me correctly, the director's cut is an hour and 57 minutes of the original film. Mm. So this one's almost a good hour longer. <laughs> um, and uh, there are definitely parts that feel like it's longer and the parts that kind of just zip right along. Yeah, it's interesting. You're, you're absolutely right. There are points where it's just like, you're up, you're banging, you're moving, you're going, and then there's okay, sit back. Okay, we're back up, we're going, we're get okay, sit back. You know, uh, we we go on a big kind of loop here. Now I've been on the uh, I've been on the kick of saying I am down for whatever uh, Mr. Villeneuve wants to do at this point, right? Uh, yeah. I was I was a big fan of Prisoners. Uh, Sicario I thought was okay. I really liked Arrival a whole bunch. <laughs> Uh, so for me, it was just like, okay, whatever this dude wants to do, I'm on board. And when they said, oh, he's doing the new Blade Runner, I'm like, I didn't think he would go this direction. But I, I'll say this. If it's not Ridley Scott, I think they got the right guy to do this. I think so, too. Um, I, I'm not the biggest Villeneuve uh, fan in the world. We've, we've talked about at least two of his films on the podcast, maybe mm -hmm. three. Uh, I can't remember if we did prisoners as a full review or not back in the day. Um, but we definitely, you and I have talked about Sicario and arrival. And my problem with him is always like that last act always feels like it's missing something. Yeah. There's just something that never feels quite right. That being my qualm with him. Uh, I feel like blade runner 2049 has by far the strongest ending of any Villeneuve film. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. And and because of that, I think it might be his actual best movie. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's like a really great film. I'm saying or even that it has better moments than some of his other movies, but on the whole, I think it adds up to an entirely good movie, which is something that I'm very hesitant to say about other movies of his. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I, think um, it's, I think it's. I think this thing is good. Um, I don't. What, what's it? It's it's super high right now. What's what's this Rotten Tomatoes score on this thing? It's it's 
it's, uh, it's something like 80, 80 something, right? It's high. It is high. And I think, and I, I, I think even like, it's, I feel like it's probably a little yeah. inflated. 80, 88 critics, 83 users. Um, now let me ask you this. No. Yeah. I, I think had, let's just take away the original Blade Runner being there. Let's pretend that that doesn't exist. If that uh-huh. doesn't exist, does this movie get 83% from the watchers? I don't think so. I, d- I don't think so. Critics, maybe. Right? Critics, perhaps. But, but but the regular viewers, probably not. I think I think this is, I think it's, I think, I think from the... 60 to 70 tops. Yeah. I, th- I think this being but, a sequel to a, a well-known movie and everything, and it being arty, I think this is what the common average moviegoer sees and wants to believe themselves to be a better Cineas than they actually are. And, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I also do think like some of that score in general, like their critical reaction is just like, everyone expected this movie to blow chunks. This is true. Right. And like the the fact is we get a pretty great sci-fi movie. We get an okay or all right or even good occasionally Blade Runner sequel. Mm-hmm. And because of that, everybody's like, oh, okay, well, fuck yeah, this is an A plus, you know. Uh I'm not quite as ready to go that high. I think it's somewhere in the B plus ish, a minus range. But uh, I got to say, it looks fucking amazing. Um, like if uh, if Deacons does not win the Oscar for this thing, <laughs> I don't know what in the fuck uh, you would ever give an Oscar for cinematography for. Um, it's the best looking thing I've seen this year. Maybe the best looking thing I've seen in two years. Uh, with, without any hesitation, I will say that it looks amazing. Right. Um, yeah, I, I also, has he won before? I don't think he has. No. I think he's just been nominated. Like, no, he has not. Right? He's been, I think he's one of the most nominated cinematographers, never winners yeah. before. Well, mark it down. Now Deacons is winning this year. 100% behind this. He's going to win this for this movie and he deserves it. It's not even a gimme. Uh, because of the other 13 times it's uh it's well deserved this movie looks amazing it's it's got a really nice color palette which uh you know is part cinematography part set design as anyone would tell you um it's got a really refined uh just look to it right Mm -hmm. um also the score a fucking plus man i'm down with this movie's score it it was not quite like the original films, but it definitely evoked a lot of that same, uh, timber and feeling. And I was on board with it. Um, yeah, I liked all of the, uh, the performances. I was really sad, uh, when Anna de Armas's character went bye-bye, like that was actually really emotionally effective for me. She's, she's um, great. And we've been singing her praises for like the last like year and a half. She's been kind of showing up at everything. First of all, she's gorgeous. Second of all, she can act like crazy. So like, I, I, I am just so well, she's fucking she awesome and so much stuff, man. She was great in knock knock, uh, which I reviewed on the show. Uh, she was amazing in hands of stone and war dogs. Like, like she really is the real deal. She's amazing all around. Oh yeah. Um, and, and here she shows up, man. And she turns in like the one performance that really is like the emotional 
weight of this movie. Um, that being said, I'm not entirely certain that all of the, all of the women in this film are written particularly well. And I know that, uh, you know, Blade Runner in particular, the older film has, uh, gotten a lot of pushback. Um, mostly because it like is a film that's largely not interested in women. It adopts a lot of the misogynistic, uh, tones of, of noir, uh, that are kind of inherent in the forties and fifties noirs in particular, mm-hmm. uh, that it's kind of aping and, and, uh, running on. So like the women are not important, um, which can be problematic at times. Um, yeah, well, I'll say this at the but, same time, but, every, but everybody fucking shows up like Robin Wright's amazingly good. Uh, she doesn't have much to do, but she looks great. Her, uh, costumes are amazing and she definitely puts in the time and the work. I will say acting wise, this movie's one week link is, is fucking Jared Leto. I, I don't like him in this movie. I like him even less because I know that the part was originally supposed to be David Bowie. Um, Uh, it it feels like every time he appeared on screen, it just, I felt like the movie ground to a halt. Granted, he's in like six minutes, so it's not all that often, but like those six minutes feel fucking long. Yeah, and it just it feels like he's doing like a dark Rutger Hauer, right? More or less. It's yeah. just it's just yeah. it's that kind right. of sort of and, mm. and I'm not sure that we needed to actually see the character. It, it I feel like it probably like like Nander Wallace probably would have worked better as a presence, right? Uh, sort of like how uh, how Wayland Utani functions in the Alien universe, right. right? Like you don't actually need to see Wallace; you just need to know that the company is up to some shady shit, and the way you find that out is through um, his uh, his um, fucking servant, right? The the other uh, android. So, I yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I think I'm I'm developing an aversion to that fucking guy. Like I really don't want to see him in anything anymore. Yeah, and like, and I've never really. And I don't dis- even think he's necessarily that bad uh, in general. I just fucking like something about like just seeing him on screen just fucking pulls me completely the fuck out of it now. Yeah, it's it's taking yourself a little too seriously. It's going I, I don't know it just it feels like you're just trying to be that guy you know if that makes sense i was like oh well you know daniel day lewis was a, a knock and a half let's go and do that but like shittily yeah let's go and do that and be obnoxious about it as opposed to never talking to anyone outside of doing the movie i i just i i that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me so uh what what did you think of our new lead of K. Um, yeah. So the gauze is what the gauze is, man. Uh, he's not terrible. The biggest thing that I would say about this is I just, I mean, and I guess I suppose you could say possibly the same thing about Harrison Ford because he's almost, especially in the first movie, he's almost too good looking to be, to be mm-hmm. like this guy. And I think, Gaz is the same way too. He's almost too good looking to be this. Because if you watch noir flicks, these guys they're, they're not the most handsome. Robert Mitchum's not beautiful, you know. No, but but he's so fucking sexy. He's good. He's good. I, right? I love him. <laughs> he's but he, so, like but Robert you, Mitchum, 
doesn't give a shit. He's a war vet. He's a heavy drinker. He don't give a fuck, right? Not not typically attractive, I guess, but uh, but you, you can't. There, see there is these... c- certainly a magnetism there, right? right. That, it, yeah, that yeah. is there for Ford and for Gosling, but they're also like in in these films, they're pretty. They're pretty boys a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't see these guys. Though, even though they they kind of do, uh, I, I don't see them. You know, hard drinking, or if we allowed cigarettes in movies these days, smoking or anything like that. You know, it just doesn't. I don't feel. I, it doesn't feel dangerous. You know, uh, and I understand the character is what the character is and what he's supposed to be. Um, I think the movie is is deep enough, but also at the same time falls into a lot of what kind of Blade Runner does which is almost just like wallow in the like, look how deep we are kind of thing. I, I want a movie to be smart and deep. I don't want you to tell me how smart and deep you are, if that makes sense. Well, it has to. It's serious sci-fi, man. That's Let, what serious sci-fi does. You have to just... Influence its smart and deepness. Show me, don't tell me, you know? Show me how deep and smart but, you are. And, and there are certain segments th- that certainly do. But I think, but I think that that problem would mostly be solved by not having the character of Nyander Wallace in there. That's true. He does a lot because a lot of the weird, bus. like, because like every scene of his is just like, we're going to show you something clever now. Here's right here's, about how this plot is unfoiling or, yeah. or whatever. Right? It's just like, all right. I just really think that character is dead weight. Not not just because of Leto, but like he definitely doesn't help the fucking thing. It's not like you know a lot of people hate uh, hate that uh, like old man Whalen shows up in Prometheus, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people hate that, but I will watch Guy Pierce act the fuck out of whatever the fuck he's in, <laughs> right? Jared Leto does not bring that to the table. Is my point. So, so if there's dead weight, I can't even get behind it because of who's playing it, which is why I can get behind Whalen in the in the Alien sequel prequels. Well, because here it's right? all just kind of a little like this, a little slow, and honestly, could be done by anyone. You know, it's it's that. Yeah. You know, it's 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 anyway. nothing that's too too awful special. I and when you and when you I got really the funky enjoyed eyes, the opening with. Uh, yeah, well, all that being said, I really enjoyed the opening with Bautista, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I th- I think that opening sequence was like really amazing. It really set a tone and a style for everything coming up. It kind of set all the emotional stakes in motion. Uh, I like that Bautista is uh, like playing his age now. I mm-hmm. think that's a really interesting move for him, and I want to see him do that a little more. Um, as a you know, because he is getting older, he's not like the youngest dude on the block anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just uh, I enjoyed the shit out of that uh, first uh, little bit there. But it's um, it's good, and it makes it like you know we do have kind of that that noir detective story in there. We're trying to figure out exactly what's what. We find something out that's you know supposedly scientifically impossible to happen, and we need to figure all that kind of stuff out. And like. Like I think, like any good sci-fi movie, we figure it out and we don't. Yeah, and you know, so it's still open. Like things are still kind of uh, open for discussion, if you will, on a on a lot of this stuff. I think because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to go, oh, well, it's 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 definitely this way. Well, it's not definitely that way. It it could be that way, but not particularly. 
you know. Jesus Christ, Dave Bautista works, man. Oh, yeah? That, that motherfucker is in like two or three or four movies a year. Not counting his WWE shit where he does voices for the games and shows up for stuff or whatever the fuck. Like you can say what you will, man. Those wrestlers, dude, those 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 cats got work ethic. I mean, that of all the kind of acting community, if you will, those are your blue collar guys, man. They're in there. They're getting it done. Yeah, he I mean, he fucking shows up. Last last year, twenty sixteen, he was in one, two, three, four films. One, he was uncredited, so probably, like, very briefly. Plus, he did two episodes of a TV show. This year, let's see. One, two, three, six, four, five, six so far. Plus, plus he's in the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Disney thing. Right, the video short for Breakout or whatever. Get the fuck. that money. Plus, plus, he's in a Blade Runner short because they also made a series of shorts that I didn't watch going leading into this. I didn't either because um, I was just like, either it's going to ruin it or it's going to make it. I don't know. I just, I just avoided. Yeah, whole like holy shit, six six fucking movies. This guy is in this year. Man, Jesus, gotta pay that rent. Son. Uh, now let let's talk real quick real quick about um about this movie at the box office. Okay. Uh, budget is 150 million. Opening weekend was not too hot. About 32 domestically. Mm-hmm. It's made slightly more than that overseas, bringing its worldwide total as of, uh, let's say one week, right? Tomorrow's Thursday to 90 million. I don't know that this movie is going to make its money back theatrically. It'll eventually make its money back. I don't have any doubts about that, but like, yeah. It depends on it. Do we know how wide it is worldwide? Um, maybe they haven't opened up in the big places. Cause I could, I could see Asia really getting on this. Uh, let's see. doesn't open until the 27th in China. Okay. And South Korea on the 12th. I could see them so, getting behind this. Yeah. I mean, you're look, you're not wrong. I just don't know, right? Maybe what we'll find out is that it's too arty. Like, like there's actual too much shit going on. Uh, it's, it's not enough action or whatever the fuck. Because that market always plays weird depending on whatever. Um, but everywhere else, it's out. I mean, the UK, uh, Italy, Australia. Not open in France apparently yet. So that'll be interesting if and when that opens up. But, uh, I mean, those are our other major markets, right? Like, yeah. Also not open in uh, Russia. Okay. So we'll see, right? Like, we're, we're basically looking at Eurasia and, and Asia, right, yeah. to, see, to see how it evens out. But uh, it's kind of a disappointing opening for this movie. I think they were expecting a little closer to 50 that's what uh, I was. That's so. what I was kind of figuring that it would that would range out because, like, like I said, look at all the reviews. Everything's super, super positive. Yeah. It got first place, but it yeah. didn't make a, it. Didn't bank. By, but by who a knows? Long shot, you know, yeah. October's a weird month. Maybe people are just planning to go see it next weekend or the weekend after or whatever. So we'll see. Maybe it'll hold up. Um, Thinking it would the be box too office busy is or weird right now. You know, uh, I mean, for fuck's sake, 
my little pony open in fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> I almost saw that. <laughs> uh, under it. Under it, I might add, right? <laughs> that movie is still making bank. That movie made another $10 million this weekend. Ridiculous. It's domestic total now at 305. Remember I said three and a quarter? That's what it's going to hit. It's going to yeah. hit three and a quarter. Yeah. It's just 20 million away now. That's that's it's that's going to hit enough it. To do. Oh man. Sick. You so guys. uh so what's your final verdict on Blade Runner? Uh before we give the final verdict here, uh oh, you want to say you want to talk about something else? Yeah, well <laughs> well we do have a uh we we have a voicemail here. Oh yes. That's right. And uh if if and here's the thing, we want to see more of this, okay? Uh so if any of yeah, you guys out there stuff. you see you see new releases, you see something or it doesn't even matter if it's a new release or if it's something that you watched recently that you kind of want to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll usually, if it's, if it involves the movie that we're talking about that week, we'll do it in this segment. Uh, but if it's about something else completely uh, different than that, we'll talk about it in the mailbag segment. So, uh, go ahead and do that, man. If you just have, you know, microphone on your computer or, you know, your phone or whatever, go ahead and do that. Send it to filmfind at gmail.com and be like Krista here, who, uh, I invited her on to kind of, uh, because there's a lot of stuff going around about the ladies in this film, and I, I figure, hey, Matt and I aren't ladylike enough. We got the titties going on, but we don't have enough of the, you know, the estrogen going on to really make that worth a damn. So I've invited Krista on to uh, give a, a, a couple of thoughts here about uh, Blade Runner 2049, and here we go. Hello, boys. Oh, Jesus Christ. I went to see Blade Runner 2049 with my uncle and dad when I was out of town, and boy, are my cringed muscles tired. I thought I'd drop a line and share a few feelings because Adam asked me to do what I do best. Give opinions in a rational manner because I am a woman. First of all, I'm stopping her right there. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my entire life. We all know women only operate on feelings and emotions and not thoughts. And <laughs> I could say that. I could say that. It's all right. Blade Runner 2049 is getting quite a few hits for the critics. I, could, I get to say it because I'm a man. <laughs> on one scene. The menage a trois. And yes, this is when I was sitting between my dad and my uncle wanting the scene to go faster because it was awkward to find everyone in the scene very attractive and realize that it was likely two-thirds true for the rest of my family. <laughs> Happy National Coming Out Day, y'all. So I want to talk about the women in this story. First, though, I want to address the themes that are not addressed more thoroughly where I assumed they would be. The heavy hand in the names. For our previous heroes from the original Blade Runner, we have Rachel, which means the you, or mother, and Richard Deckard, which means strong ruler and strong day. I don't know if that was Philip K. Dick's plan in Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, and honestly, I don't think it was. But it seems the screenwriters for 2049 have gone whole hog. So here we are. We have love and joy. Joy renames Kay to Joe, short for Joseph, and meaning dreamer, whose original story got involved going into the desert in Egypt and working for those who would harm his own people. Robert Wright's character is Lieutenant Joshi, which is a Brahmin name meaning stellar. Really, Hollywood? A Hindu name. And you go with Robin Wright, whom I adore, but really... We have Neander Wallace, who, which means a new man and foreigner. I did hear a Neanderthal each time his name was stated, and we Homo sapiens sapiens must remember that our species still has portions of Neanderthal in its DNA from crossbreeding. 
We meet Mariette, the prostitute, a marionette of sorts, if you will. But a Marian-based name is one that means rebellion and bitterness. Her leader, Freja, has only one eye. This dual cult Nordic mythology allows a tie to Freya, the goddess of fertility, and her husband Odin, who sacrificed his eye for wisdom. Last, we have Dr. Anna Stelling. Anna, mother of Mary, and not listed biblically as a descendant of Rachel, but of Leah, is the true born-not-made replicant. She was put into her bubble before she turned 10, before experiencing most of life. She could, in her own way, immaculately conceive because of her lack of chance to sin. Her last name means of the stars, similar to our human woman, Lieutenant Joshi. If nothing else, Staline has created the humanity in the hearts of the current generation of replicants using her own memories to create their empathic nature. One wonders how many replicants remember burying that toy horse between Los Angeles, the angels, and Las Vegas, the meadow that is now barren. So now we revisit the sex scene with Kay, Joy, and Mariette. We have this bit more of biblical nomenclature to temper the scene. Joy and Kay believe that Kay is actually Joe, or the born replicant at this point. With concepts of concubines and multiple wives to increase one's bloodline in mind, it's entirely normal for men from that line to sleep with multiple women and have as many sons as possible. According to the Old Testament, Joseph's brothers and sister came from four separate mothers. This is what Neander wants himself, it seems. Neander talks of the wombs of the Old Testament prophets' wives, and perhaps Joy believes she is to be a miracle herself, the Asenath to Joe, Joseph's wife. Perhaps Joy doesn't realize that to be such a woman, she would only be the mother, she would be the only mother of Joseph's children, and to be a Zenith was to be literally peril and misfortune. The uncomfortableness of seeing two robots in a hologram try to copulate like heteronormative humans do in movies today was, well, uncomfortable. It was trying to find a line that really didn't need to be drawn. I don't think the viewer was supposed to be turned on seeing how absolutely fraught and depressing that trio was, but you know, pretty. Out of all the scenes, the ones that felt the most misogynistic were the ones where no sex was had. Number three, the statues in Vegas. Were those poses out of the Kama Sutra? I've been to Las Vegas once. I've seen the original Blade Runner a few times. I do not remember these statues or those poses. What was going on? Why did I have to look at so many of them? What was the point and whose <laughs> fetish was this? And I don't really want to know the answer to the last Number two, the advertising with Joy. Yes, we understand. She was a digital mistress, and somehow because she was purchased, it means that she wasn't real. But she became imprinted to her purchaser, and I don't think it's fair to say that Kay didn't have any feelings for her. At the end of the day, the version of Joy that was with Kay seemed to have adapted and loved him as much as any replicant would have loved him. Do apps dream of digital sheep? Is this a commentary on how we treat women's sexuality in general or those who are in the sex industry in one way or another? Because we clearly dehumanize those women. I don't know enough about geisha culture to make any stabs at talking about how this might relate, so I will only state that it came to mind and that I'm too Western to have a clue. But 2049 takes a pass on saying anything at all. Maybe I should just listen to Jay Giles' band song. Yes, that song. Number one. Neander's slaughter of the newborn replicant. 
If people want to complain about male gaze and misogyny, this would be it. While speaking to his love about wombs and angels, Neander first forces her replicant to be dropped to the floor for her birth, then pretends to comfort her, forces her to stand naked and seemingly cold with her nipples erect for the camera to see, and stares at her with his drone eyes, then disembowels her to continue his monologue to love who silently weeps for her new sister. There is no reason for it, other than perhaps she is another failed experiment. It is violent and not expounded upon. We already knew that Neander is a monster. This is the only glimpse that love has any sort of emotions that are human-like, other than fucking up while trying to hit on Ryan Gosling. It's a dropped thread, at best, and snuff porn at its base. This is the scene I had actively blocked out until I went to watch the previews in order to get a few points correct before providing this analysis to you guys. It shouldn't have been, and I'm not surprised, but I'm saddened that American critics are more worried about synthetic sex than a human disemboweling a slave. Below, I've also provided links to three mini-sequels for the original Blade Runner that were created, though not required watching, for Blade Runner 2049. I am impressed most with Batista in the third. He's grown as an actor quite a bit, and I hope Hollywood notices it too. Last, because I have to have my moment of being more than a woman talking about women, I will be a person who understands basic legal concepts talking about basic legal concepts. Many critics point out the business flaw in Neander Wallace's desire to breed replicants, but I think they forget M Monsanto and other mega corporations that can own the seeds of the seeds that they sell. As to the ethics, well, that's another line of business entirely. Just another immunosuppressed Imagineer with too much time on her hands, Krista. Thanks for that, Krista. You're you're making us look stupid, and I, I, I we appreciate. Well, that. I mean, I make myself look stupid. Well, I well, she's she, yeah. We we opened our mouths and confirmed it ahead of time, and now it's just like, well, let me show you <laughs> dummies how it's actually done. We're just like, uh, we the, the colors in the movie look good. <laughs> Well, I, you know, like I, yes. But here's my thought, though. Like, and I understand. Look, I understand, and I, I get a lot of those I, points. I agree with her about that fucking Neander scene, though, right? Like, that shit is unnecessary, and and it really like serve no purpose in the film. That's my entire point with 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 Neander Wallace's character. Fucking get him the fuck out of the movie. Can we get a director's cut of this for like he's just not in it? Just wait. Now, you're gonna see the you're gonna see 45 extra minutes worth of them in there. Uh, oh my god! I, to, to honestly, I'm gonna have to watch this a couple more times because uh, this is it's not subtle. It's not well. It's, it's not like or broad rather. Excuse me. Uh, there's a lot more nuance to this thing, uh, and, and I don't know. It, it is a question, and there are people out there that, honest to God, they're like have have brought up the thing of like, hey, if you buy a sex robot. Uh, you can like technically you can rape them. And I'm like, how how was that even a thing? It's it's a it's it's a robot. Well, yeah, but it, it goes back to the question of uh, will I don't fucking know. I mean, are they talking about as they currently exist? As they currently exist, it, it, like let's just say you went and bought a real doll or something, right? You know, you spent your ten. I don't know, you man. You spent your ten grand on I don't a fake think lady. Too much about people doing doing it with sex toys, man. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, that's you, the distinction <laughs> between between the robot and the real doll thing, though, right? Is like a real doll is a sex toy. 
It's right. a fucking toy. But what if? But what if it, it adds a, a little bit more sentience to it? I, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, like, there's no sentience to it. Not yet. At all. Not yet. Well, that's true, <laughs> right? But I, but I think you'll find like there will be massive pushback, and I think rightly so. The moment that say like a, a machine like an Alexa is uh, is incorporated into that technology, I think you'll see a lot of pushback. Oh no, it's already and, and there. I think, I think it'll be right. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's not consumer level like what what. Uh, well, it's not like you can go down to Walmart and pick it, it up, but you can you can basically it, they've got ones that kind of come close. Close yeah, for sure. But I, but I'm saying like just keep your eye on it, man. You're gonna see a lot of fucking pushback on it. No, I, I mean more so than you did on the regular real dolls. I mean maybe, but like, look, I mean I, I've had emotional attachments. If my Xbox died, I'd be really, I'd be really bummed. <laughs> Here, here's an, here's another interesting point though about uh, about um, sex toys and Ryan Gosling. This is the second movie he's fallen in love. That's a good point. With a woman who isn't real. That's a good point. I didn't think about it. Didn't put it together. But you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Lars and the Real Girl, for those of you that didn't put that one together. Lars and the Real Girl's uh, really good. That was before I got... The Gauze was the Gauze, man. No, he was the Gauze already, but he was nah, still on the upswing. Like He, he, was, he was starting like to he get had, there. He had already been nominated for Half Nelson. Yeah, right? but he wasn't, ha- he, he, he wasn't household name then, though. Not no, that. not yet. But he was getting there. He's working he on, on the it. upswing. He was, yeah, he's he's definitely working on it. He's definitely he wasn't Mickey Mouse Club, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't uh, like hey girl memes. No, <laughs> look, uh, I think Krista's like dead on, and I think that she raises a lot of concerns that, that, like I've said, I've heard about the original film and this one, um, from, from women, um, and, and I think they're all valid. And, uh, you know, her analysis definitely is deeper than mine, which is just like, uh, I think this movie's all right. <laughs> look, I, what I mean, like, like I'm not putting that much thought into it cause I'm uh, look, I do this. I do do what she just did professionally. And it fucking takes a lot of energy, man. Like I guarantee she sat there and worked on that. That's uh, why I voicemail don't <laughs> for a minute, oh, before, yeah. like, like a long minute before calling in and reading it out. And, uh, you know, with the pace of everything else I'm doing, I don't have the time to do that shit every week. And, uh, you know, so thank fucking Christ. Some of our listeners are more thoughtful about, uh, why the, why of their opinion than we are. This is why um, I have a podcast and not, and not a blog. I, I like, I, I would like to write things like I just don't have the patience or, or anything else like that. I'm like, I can yap about stuff. I can do that in a big, stupid monosyllabic way. That'll, you know, I also just talk about this shit all the fucking time. Yeah. Exactly. That's why it's just like, look, then that's why all the podcasts and stuff and, come and about is, is like, just like, Hey, we do this anyways. Well, well and it, it is different than like, like at, at our heart, right. We are a movie review show. Right. And there is a slight difference in that type of criticism and the criticism that Krista did. And if more people want to contribute, uh, please uh, analyses, please fucking send them in. I would love it. Give us some shit to talk about. I've got some stuff I'm kind of working on. I want to do, I'm going to, otherwise it's going to be poop jokes. And me trying to inform Adam that he can't say certain things. Oh, I can say whatever I want, and I will. Here comes an N-word. <laughs> nachos. See? You, oh, I, my God. Just when you thought I was going to oh zig, God. I zag over to nachos. And don't nobody not like nachos. I'll tell you that right now. No one didn't think your fat ass wasn't saying nachos, just like they didn't think my fat ass was going to stop eating this nachos. Is, this is true. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> Everybody's just like, yeah, we knew that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Not funny. Yeah. 
we knew both of you motherfuckers like nachos. This we, is not a surprise. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Hey, hey may, maybe less cheese, motherfuckers. Yeah. How about that? How about huh? you go put less a couple cheese. more vegetables into there, you bastards? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, next week, we got a load of movies to see you guys. Uh, oh we God. got The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan, man. Uh, this is looking like looking it's going to be shit. like the the Asian, uh, what do you call it there? Uh, what uh, Fucking uh, Death Wish. It's kind of like Asian Death Wish, but a spy movie. <laughs> like yeah. there's some kind of like spy or criminal organization. Asian Death it. Wish spy movie. Uh, and Happy yeah. Death Day, which actually right now is propagating at 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. No consensus yet. Only 22 reviews as of this recording. But yeah, I man, I am so looking forward to this fucking thing. I think that's oh going to be God, a lot of fun. Uh, it may not be fun, yeah. but I think Marshall with uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to be really good. That it's it's got a very strong trailer out. Uh, I very that that dude is just great. I, I love him and what he does, and I you know he's I he's just got a presence. That guy, mm-hmm. he's just on screen. You can't help but look at him. He's just got that kind of like look at me kind of vibe. I, I love it. He's he's really good. Yeah. I don't know if this is well, going. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that we're about to get into uh, the really good part of. Um, Ooh, I hope this is coming of, out here. of Chadwick Boseman's career, where, um, where like he 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 does the actor's version of the one for you, one for me. Yeah. Where where he's just like, okay, I'll do a Marvel movie, but now I'm going to do a biopic, and now I'm going to do a Marvel movie, and now I'm going to do another biopic. And now I'm going to do, <laughs> and then I'm going to come back and do a biopic. Now I'm going to do a Marvel movie. Now I'll come back and make Gods of Egypt or something. <laughs> Gods right? of like, Egypt. Oh, you get into that good groove. The good groove for Jadwick Boseman. It doesn't look like it's, it's. This is like his fourth fucking uh, biopic, though, right? Yeah, he did this. He was, was, was he James, James Brown? Brown? Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, he's a. They're like, we, okay, we so need the third. We need a black gentleman. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's going to be your guy. <laughs> we need a black gentleman who can realistically play a real black gentleman. Okay. Uh, sounds like this is going to be your guy. Like, okay, well, I guess that's good enough, I suppose. All right, I guess Chadwick Boseman's who we're going with then. Let's do it. Does he, does he need to have an English accent? No? Okay. Idris, you're out of here. Uh, Chadwick, come on. Step on in, buddy. Uh, Idris, Idris is not as young anymore, man. He's, he's going to be aged out of a lot of things soon. Yeah, yeah, but he's 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 holding which up, is though. fucked up. He's holding because, up. because that's real. Like Morgan Freeman didn't start acting until he was fifty. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bunch of bullshit. not really, but but he, Morgan Freeman has been fifty since he was like twenty five. Oh yeah, that's like when Harry Dean Stanton died. I'm like Harry Dean Stanton been seventy since 1964. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go, you go watch, uh, you go watch Alien. You go. He looks old as dirt. Yeah, well, I mean, like the literally the only thing that changed in the '90s and 2000s about Harry Dean Stanton is like every few years his face would get a little more gaunt and skeletal. Just every few years, just just a little bit, not even like really. Speaking of which, did you see a trailer for his movie uh, coming out uh, in any of your screenings? No. Harry Dean Stanton has a movie coming out uh, uh, posthumously. Uh, directed by uh, John Carroll Lynch, really? of all things. It's not his. It's not his last movie. He has one more that he shot some stuff for. Um, but yeah, directed by uh, by uh, old Norm Son of a Gunderson himself, John Carroll Lynch. Hmm. 
um, uh, co-starring, get this, David Lynch and uh, Tom Skerritt and Ed Bagley Jr. What kind of weird ass? <laughs> and and from what I can tell, uh, so it, like the the <laughs> the log line for the movie is the spiritual journey of a 90-year-old atheist. And from what I can tell from the trailer, it's just like, hey, Harry Dean, you want to play yourself in a movie? Let's go do this. All right. <laughs> and it looks fucking good, though. It looks I guess, really good. I guess I will. Who am I this week? <laughs> you're, you're you yeah. in this picture. He, <sighs> he plays a guy named Lucky. That's the name of the movie, Lucky. Uh, anyway, um, so we got a, we got a shit ton of stuff. Meyerwood stories coming out on Netflix. Um, uh, the professor, yeah. uh, professor Marsden and the wonder woman women's coming out. Uh, uh-huh. unfortunately we're not getting, uh, I think goodbye. Christopher Robin's not out yet in here. Uh, that does uh, I don't think it's out in our market either. It's that one's getting a real small release initially. And, uh, what was the other, I, I, it's not out here either, but, uh, 7852, which I think is good. Hopefully is going to be great. It's called 7852 Hitchcock shower scene. Seen, oh yeah, we, we do not have that yet either. That's I'm looking forward to that one too. That's not coming out, so that's in limited release. But if you want to go see them, and uh, you can do that by uh, not going to our sponsor, Movie Pass. And uh, but Matt finally got on the ball with his man, so uh, we're kicking into gear, full style here, man. And you know how you help us out with that kind of stuff, guys? You go over to Patreon.com/slash/The Film Find and uh, help join up, like our good friend Maria did. Uh, she jumped up at the twenty dollars level. You don't have to go that high, but if you're uh, in any level, man, we really, really appreciate that. You'll get some special free stuff and everything, uh, little bonus episodes before everybody else does. You get on the inside track, man. And if you suggest something, we're actually more apt to go see it. Just like like our friend Micah, who is actually helping us out. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're looking at that stuff too. Why? Because he helps us out, get this show to you fine people each and every week. Matt, in the meantime, where can we find more of your work on the internet, sir? I've I've already found that movie on iTunes, mm-hmm. and it's sitting here ready for me to rent it we'll right after we're done recording. Oh, we'll look at it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Matt Boydsmith. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, at Matt underscore Boyd underscore smith um recently i posted some photos from when i saw peaches and iggy pop this past weekend and that show was good as fuck um who is this iggy pop never heard (laughs) dude that that guy is 70 years old still still banging it out huh puts puts on a damn good show man like still running around right like fucking all over the place all kinds of shit it's good Really good. I, I, my favorite Peaches was his. Might be the weirdest fucking greatest live act I've ever seen. <laughs> like just completely insane in your face. Uh, it's the most punk rock show I've seen in twenty years. Hmm. I mean, like it really is just like transgressive. Like she's pushing buttons. You're even if you're a fan, you might not be cool with some of it. <laughs> wow. So anyway. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me at Matt Boyd Smith at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on Instagram. All right. Do it. Adam, what and about you, bro? And of course, your movie podcast, your movie podcast.com. 
Uh, all kinds of crazy shenanigans going over there, man. We just uh, we just dropped our Tick episode. First six episodes of The Tick are out on Amazon right now. And uh, I'll spoiler that episode for you, man. It's pretty. They're pretty damn good. I enjoyed that thing a whole hell of a lot. They improved a lot from the uh, pilot. So check out that episode of HMP. And we'll be talking about the Inhumans coming up next week and whether or not that's a thing that should exist. So uh, check that out at hearmoviepodcast.com. And, of course, uh, evenings on Saturday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern. Go to nerdtalknow.com. I do a live show uh, where we talk news. I debuted a 30-minute video uh, talking that I edited together talking about my uh, top 10 favorite punk albums. It's there in the archive, so if you want to go check that out, please do that. I took It took me probably 12 plus hours to, to finish that thing. Actually, it's probably even more than that, but bare minimum 12 hours to, you know, edit that video and put it all together and write it. So it took a fuckload of work. So please go watch it. Not, not enough people have. Uh, but if you do, you can talk to us and I even eat, I even eat these horrible jelly beans on the program. You get to see me wince and like almost throw up from eating, uh, uh, rotten eggs and shit, uh, in the form of jelly beans. So, you know, do that, man. That's uh, nerdtalknow.com. Uh, that's it, everybody. Join us next week when we talk a plethora of films. Who knows how many we'll be able to get to. Uh, and, and of course, email us always at the film find at gmail.com. That is it. My name is Adam Fortress. That there's Matt Smith. You guys, you know what to do. Patreon people, we'll see you at the after show. Mm-hmm.